0: Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 29. This week, my guest is Ken Stark, and we'll be talking all things zombie apocalypse. So stick around for that. So at my desk this week. Well, at my desk this week, I've been very glad of a thing that I made quite some time ago, which I called the workflow folder. Now, I think I have mentioned this in passing when I was talking to another guest, On the podcast. And so I just thought I would just have a little chat about the workflow folder because I think it's a bit of an indie author thing. The thing is about being an independent author is you need to become a bit of a jack of all trades. There's lots of little processes that you need to learn pretty quickly, and then you might not come back to that particular thing for quite some time. Actually publishing a book, actually loading up your book covers and loading up the files, or in fact, formatting a book might be something you might only do once a year, maybe twice a year if you're pretty prolific. I mean, I know some people write quicker than me. A lot of people like write quicker than me. But again, it's one of those weird things that you just do now and again. And the trouble with it is when you come back to it, or maybe this is an age thing, although maybe not, you kind of forget all the little steps that you had to go through in order to, you know, uh, get the process to work. So what I decided to do was I would make this workflow folder. In other words, as I kind of went through some kind of process, for instance, loading up your book onto KDP or making the book covers or formatting in vellum or any of those other millions of little jobs that we do. I would make a a file and label it and write in it exactly what I did with all the little nuggets of information that I think might be useful in the future. So it's basically a file to my future self. Anyway, I was really glad of it when I came to load up the illustrations into my Sophie Line book because I had really quite forgotten how this happened and I've only done it once. But sure enough, when I looked in the workflow folder, and believe me, I don't even remember writing any of this, um, there was in fact a section about loading up illustrations onto Vellum. And it had all the little tips and tricks and how to get them from the, you know, the printer, the scanner, into the, into the document and exactly how I went about it. And I was really glad because it was a real time saver. I really didn't have to learn this whole thing again through scratch or watch a load of videos to kind of work out how it was to be done. And it all went much smoothly because of this. So I would recommend to you to make yourself a workflow folder, folder divided up into sections, whatever sections they might be. And anything that you're doing Even if it's just going through your editor's comments, you'll find there's a bit of a process or you'll find by the end of it, you really knew what you were doing and you found a quicker way. In which case, get your workflow folder out, make a few notes. You'll be glad of them in the future because when you come back to do that job again, there's something there to go on. And of course, I know interfaces change and especially if you don't come back to something for a year or so or six months But again, you can add to it and it does make life a bit quicker. So that's my advice to you, dear listener. If you're an independent author, um, make yourself a workflow folder so that you can keep track of exactly what it is you're doing and you can come back to it and it'll save you time in the future. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get on with the interview. Come and meet Ken Stark. He was a fascinating guy. I really liked him a lot. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, my lovely guest is Ken Stark. He's a horror writer. He comes from Canada and he's won lots of awards. So hello, Ken, and how are you?
1: Hi, DJ. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, it's lovely. And here we are. I'm in England and you're in Canada. It's amazing to have these chats of an evening for me. And uh, is it sort of lunchtime for you?
1: Yeah, it's 11 a.m. right now. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, Ken, now, Ken and I have been um, on Twitter back and forth for many years and retweeted each other and like you do in these sort of social media channels so it's quite nice to get together with people and see you you know for in real life obviously we ditch the video and uh, but we can see each other as we have a little chat here and ken like me you look really normal and a really nice guy <laughs> and uh, and yeah i write grim dark fantasy and and you write apocalyptic horror so um you know we are both in touch with our dark side though
1: yeah, I have made the comment before that horror writers are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Exactly, I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's because we purge everything onto the page, leaving yeah. only the good.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I think it is. I think I was talking to somebody about it the other day um, on somebody else's podcast, actually, uh, Jodie J. Sperling, and we were talking about how, you know, um, possibly the writer is able to get rid of some of this dark stuff that everybody has possibly... Or uh, or are we just being optimistic?
1: <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we all have that that dark side of us, and uh, it's it is very freeing, very liberating to to uh, you know get it out to to remember some horrible thing that happened years ago and give it to someone else. So yes, yeah. now it's no longer mine; it belongs to a character.
0: Yeah, and also I think if you've got a, an overactive imagination, and I feel that I definitely have, and sometimes it gets a bit dark. It's it's a good place to put that down, and uh, yeah. and then it's it's done. Then yeah, and I'm <laughs> laughing at Ken because Ken is sitting here with skulls and things behind it. So you can't see you can't see what's behind here, but actually I'm all skulls and weird things and bits of armor and goodness knows what. To, I'm just showing you the nice bit of my office with my drawing board with a um a blanket over it to keep the sound nice amazing yeah so we, we certainly do that so how many um now the thing is with the zombie apocalypse I love a zombie thing but um I was talking to my husband about it because he said who are you talking to tonight and I said I'm talking to this guy and he writes the zombie thing and he said oh he said I've got a question for him so this is my husband's question and my what husband's mean? my husband says <laughs> he says how do you resolve the you know when you watch these things on television how do you resolve the fuel issue? They always seem to never run out of fuel. Does that happen in your book? Do they always manage to find more petrol or do they have to survive without it?
1: Well, I'm only, I'm I'm four books in and the apocalypse is only three months old. So ah. there's there's still tons of supplies, tons of food, tons of fuel. Uh, later on, like I will keep it going, hopefully through the entire alphabet. So later on, yeah, they will have to, they will have to figure something out. And it's yes. not it's it's not going to be endless fuel.
0: No. So so have you figured it out?
1: Oh, sure. I have an idea.
0: Yeah. yeah. So are, are so, you are you a, pl- a plotter then?
1: I plot loosely. Yeah, uh, me like too. Going, going like I I have an idea for the entire series, right? But it's it's sort of a general, vague idea. When I start a book, I know exactly how I'm starting it. I know how it's going to end. I know the high points in the middle, the plot points, and uh, I just then allow myself to get from A to B organically so it so it sort of flows more naturally plus yeah. it's really boring working off an outline
0: <laughs> yeah I can't terrible. I can't work I plot i I know where the story's going but I couldn't plot there's some people plot chapter by chapter and they have the scenes broken down the whole thing yeah. no I, I can't work like that I just have to let it happen yeah absolutely yeah. It,
1: it makes yeah. it too much like work and who wants to work when they're writing
0: yeah exactly yes i want to feel like i've just played all day exactly that's that's entirely my my hope yeah yeah so so you're so you're quite a few books in and you're you're carrying on writing your your series what draws you to the whole zombie apocalypse thing is it is it something you always liked when you were a kid and do, do you are you always drawn to those kinds of things
1: uh well zombies are are sort of a double threat uh you could be attacked by one, killed by one, eaten by one, which is rather rude. Uh, but you could become <laughs> one, right? You yes, could, you could yeah. become one. You could be denied your eternal rest and you know endlessly wandering the globe looking for your next feel or your next food. Uh so it's it's kind of a double threat. And uh I grew up with zombies, you know, the George Romero zombies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the lore is is pretty goofy. <laughs> like uh you know, how, how do you see if you don't have circulation, your eyes are going to shrivel into raisins within, you know, days. So how do they see how can, uh, a body that is mostly skeleton, how can they growl if they don't have a diaphragm, they don't have lungs. So it, a lot of the lore is, is kind of weird. So I tried to change it to make it a little more scientifically plausible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to, I think all the best fantasy is hung in some kind of truth I think yeah yeah, but also I think the zombie thing I think the truth of it is and what's frightening is I think obviously we all we're all gonna die we know that, but we all hope you know even whether you believe in an afterlife or not, but we all hope that that's going to be peaceful so yeah. so being presented with this unpeaceful possible death, I think that's kind of taps into some human fear I think which is why we have a bit of a fascination with
1: it yeah, yeah. I think you're exactly right, yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> ah, yeah. oh, happy days. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It's funny what we what we're fascinated with, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I find when I write things, you know, sometimes I get a bit of flack from people that go, "Oh, DJ, I can't believe you wrote that." You know, you seem such a sweet, sweet <laughs> lady. You know? Yeah, and uh, and I sort of think, well. Yes, I was aware that it was dark when I wrote it and when I edited it and stuff like that, but it doesn't actually frighten me. I to me it's just some nonsense has popped up in my head. So I'm assuming you're similar. So what frightens you then, Ken?
1: Uh not a lot. Not a lot. Really not a lot. But it, it's funny it's funny that you were talking about uh what other people think. Uh I, I just had a book come out in November called Miracle Man. no zombies. And it is, it is very dark. I, I want to show a, a man becoming a monster. So uh, he really became a monster and he did it so much uh, more quickly than I anticipated. And he went a lot darker than I anticipated. Uh, so I would, I generally start my writing day by reading what I had written the day before yeah. and editing as I go. And uh, there were days when I would read it and think, oh, you can't do that. (laughs) And uh, then I realized, oh, yeah, well, I wanted to make him a monster. So we're doing that. And uh, I gave a copy of it to my sister, who is like my biggest fan. Uh, I got two emails from her a couple of days later. They were an hour apart. First one said, uh, hey, I just read chapter six. I think you have a, a million seller on your hand. An hour later, she said, oh, I just finished chapter seven. You're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that says it all doesn't it yeah, yeah my sister won't even read my stuff so you know at um, least she's at least yeah. she's reading your stuff yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's it ah well yes this is the thing and I think it is yeah I I think it's 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 a tough one you know when you when you have the dark thing and you know do you write any other lighter side because I also write for children under a different name um so do you have a lighter side as well or is it does it always come out dark because I find for me the fantasy element whether i'm writing children's stuff or adult stuff i can't put that aside it starts off like they're all completely normal <laughs> and then stuff happens yeah. and i can't i can't stop that do you, do yeah, you find no. that for yourself
1: uh yeah uh and everything i write is pretty dark uh, i do try to throw humor in it especially more recently uh certainly not with miracle man uh zero humor all dark uh, but I do try to throw in a bit of humor, just to just to offset the the horror. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, and uh, do you th- what do you think of people's fascination with reading that that kind of thing? You know, because I know some people that go, "Oh no, I have to read everything light and la la la." But a lot of people go, "Oh yeah, I love a bit of dark stuff." So, what what do you think their fascination is to read the kind of dark things that you write?
1: Well, I think fear is. Uh, certainly the oldest emotion and pro- I think it's probably the most powerful emotion. It it allowed us to survive as a species, right? Because the mm-hmm. the person who wasn't afraid of that dark shape in the back of a cave was going to be removed from the gene pool pretty quick. So I think like some people run from fear, some run towards it, but we all know how powerful it is. And uh, if you're one of those people that run towards it, then you're going to be reading my kind of stuff. Like I grew up on horror. I grew up, well, science fiction and then horror. Uh, Stephen King, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And I don't know, it just, it, it struck a chord. It entertained me and it, uh, I don't know, maybe it was cathartic even reading it, you know, before it became cathartic writing it.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes when you watch something dark on television or you read something, it's always quite nice to know that somebody's had a worse day than you. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think, I think you well, you know,
0: you know, I've had a pretty, you know, even if I've had a pretty, you know, not these days, I I used to be a teacher and sometimes teaching can be pretty dark, I can yeah. tell you. And sometimes <laughs> I'd come home and feel a bit, Ugh, and then if you watched a bit of something a bit scary, you thought, you know what, I'm fine. <laughs> I can, I can well, go back in the classroom tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad.
1: It wasn't a great day, but I still have my face. So Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can still I can still see, I could carry on. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it's about, isn't it? You you're it's it's a nice to have something that's larger than us or more frightening than the, the sort of cozy life that we lead, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh so i read in your bio that you do a bit of painting. So do you do your book covers yourself? Um, Ken? Uh, or? No. No.
1: No, uh, my painting is like uh, landscapes, animals. Okay. Sort of yeah. Uh, I, I do. I do a couple of little zombie things. You can see. No, you can't really see. There's one behind me. There. Oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, that, that looks
0: like
1: my mother. <laughs> 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 Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I I taught myself how to paint 20, 30 years ago by watching the old Bob Ross show. If you've ever seen that, oh, the yeah. joy of painting. So it's just, you know, happy little trees and mountains and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. All right. So you're not a dark artist then? No. No. <laughs> no.
1: no. I, yeah. I wish. I wish. Yeah. I, I'm trying to teach myself, but it's it's a tricky thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's good to have other creative things, you know. Um, what's your work in progress then? What are you working on now?
1: Uh, well, the next Stage 3 book, which mm-hmm. hopefully will be done and out by spring. It's called Stage 3 Delta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which will be the fifth in the in the series I'm also working on something uh, about a man who might be going crazy either that or the world around him is changing and we aren't sure yet Uh, it's as yet untitled but it should hopefully be out hopefully by the the end of the year
0: yeah sounds like your work's quite character driven though because you quite often know the character and then the the what's happening is happening around. Would you say that was a yeah. true thing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, and, do you imagine the character first?
1: Uh, yes, for the most part.
0: Yeah. So how many books do you think there'll be in the stage three?
1: Uh, well, it's uh, it started with stage three and then the second one was stage three alpha. Mm-hmm. So if I'm running the whole alphabet, there will be 27 by the time I'm
0: <laughs> finished. Yeah, so I if, if, if,
1: if I live long enough.
0: Yeah, that's it. Oh. Don't turn to a zombie first. You'll be all right. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> <Cross> <laughs> you yeah, you'll get that. How are your are your zombies very um, how that you've said that your zombies are not like um, not so implausible as the ones we kind of see in in on the sort of television things. How how do they how do they differ? How, how have you made it more real? Uh,
1: well, I, I won't tell you uh, how they became zombies, but it is explained. Uh, and it is at least more scientifically plausible than just, you know, random virus kills you and brings you back. It presents first with blindness, total last lack of vision, total loss of vision. sorry. And then the virus continues to chew away at the uh, higher functions of the brain. So eventually all that's left is the uh, the animal and the all the animal knows is to feed. So those will be like the fast type of zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, Uh, they're still blind, because if they weren't, a character would never stand a chance in that world. But they're still human, they're still mortal, so they can be killed, they can be harmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they do die, they come back then as the more Romero type of zombies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even then, they are not eternal, like they're not going to wander the earth for, you know, the rest of eternity, because they're a dead body now, so they they are going to, you know, fall prey to nature, right? Mm -hmm. So it just, it just makes it a little more believable.
0: Yeah, sounds good. And uh, do you have the same characters running through, you know, the or or, or, or the characters coming, ebbing and flowing, people are dying, you bring bringing new ones in and things like that, or do you have like um, a protagonist that we're following through the story?
1: Uh, there are three people that we are following through the story and others come and others go. And yeah. uh, we'll see what happens later on in the series, but hopefully those three will stick around for, you know, at least most of the duration.
0: Yeah. And and are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? So do you find that when you writing your horror that you could write the horrible things, but then at the you know, at some point there is some optimistic thing. When it will it come out good in the end, or you know, does it just go more and more dark?
1: Uh, how I dark
0: always, are how dark are you, Ken? That's what I'm asking.
1: <laughs> well, I always Let's considered <laughs> I always considered myself a pessimist, but when I do write whatever it is, whether it's zombies or a standalone there is always hope. Yes. So I'm like it, that. Yeah. So it dawned on me like the characters were were having hope. And I realized, oh, that would be me. Like this, obviously I am the characters. Uh so it it sort of uh, reminded me that okay, it's not all bad. <laughs> like there is actually hope. There is there is goodness and kindness in this world. So my characters are probably a little more optimistic than I am, but still they have yeah. to have hope.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a part of the human condition. I think if we we, we have to believe, I think we have to hope. And yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I, I know I might take my characters to do some awful stuff, but somewhere in the end, I have some resolve. I, I don't kill them all no. off. Quite a few of them, but not all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: quite a few of them. Quite a few do die, I have to say. And, and, and never, ever kill the dog.
0: Oh, never. Oh, no, I can't do animals or children. No. No no i do have i don't even have unless i'm you know i write for children right. you know you know children characters but that's a different thing again but if i'm writing adult stuff no no all the all the um, the creatures make it you know i think i do i think i do kill a horse in one of them but Uh-oh. um yes uh really? that was that was pretty awful but um I think, when I did it, it, it upset me more than anything else that I'd written, actually, The Horse yeah. Dying, yeah, which is no, crazy, surprising. really. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, well, I think <laughs> it's fascinating what we write and, and why we do it, really. So do you write full-time now, Ken, or are you half and half? Or?
1: I am full-time, yeah.
0: Yeah, and what does your writing day look, look like? You, are you get up early in the morning and cracking straight on, or are you a bit like me, like... I don't really get anything done in the morning. About the yeah, afternoon no, I come to it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of useless in the morning. So yeah. uh I, I'm I just I'm I have the freedom to write when I feel like writing, right? Yeah. So so usually early afternoon and I can go really all night if if the muse is there. Uh, so I just luckily I can I can do whatever story I want. Whenever I want, whenever I feel like it, so it really helps the writing process, and it really makes for a better product at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm in that lucky position myself at the moment as well. I can do as I do as I like. I find, I find, um, I find it's not lack of discipline. Some people sort of say, "Oh, well, you know, you need to get up and get at your desk at nine o'clock." Yeah. And I used to make myself do this, but I find if I'm not. Awake enough, because I'm not <laughs> in the morning. I haven't had enough coffee. I mean, I joke, but I find if I'm not really clear in my head, and I'm really not till the afternoon, because I'm not a morning person. I don't. I don't find I write anything that's worth keeping. I just no. end up deleting it. I look back on it and think, oh, that's awful, you know. And on, you know, yeah. and it's like my imagination isn't fired up, but. If I've sort of got up and I've done my chores and I've fiddled around, I've made a cake and I've talked to my husband and I've walked my dog and talked to my sister and done something else and done something else. And then and I'll, and I'll do emails and, you know, I might right. edit podcasts or do other things but, or I might do artwork even, but I can't really write till the afternoon. And then, I'll, like yourself, I'll write through on, you know, if the muse is there, I'll write into the early evening.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you force yourself to write you know if you force yourself to get up and uh, i have to do 2000 words right now then yeah. they, what kind of end product are you gonna have
0: yeah I mean, exactly yeah and i, th- and I think it's uh, you know i mean people say you know you see these people and they write this massive thing they say they're writing faster and they're writing 2000 words an hour and goodness knows what else but i find when i've tried to push myself to write a great deal you know, thinking that was the answer when I was younger, I would think that was the answer I've got to do, you know, I need quantity, but I just found there was no quality there for my own self. You know, I'm, I don't think I'm very good at it actually. I think it takes, <laughs> takes me a lot to get, get it down, you know, and get it right, you know,
1: Yeah, you have to get your head in the game, yeah. right? Yeah. In the zone. Oh, and
0: right. how do you how do you manage to do that? Do you like a bit of music, a bit of a bit of scary music going on in the background? I listen uh, to thund- thunderstorms. I like.
1: Oh, actually, <laughs> that's good. I'm gonna have to try that. Um, I used to listen to a lot of Mozart. Oddly enough.
0: Oh, I always found that quite cheerful, though.
1: Uh well, you have to pick the right stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I guess so.
1: Yeah. But, but mostly, like these days, I mostly it's just silence around me, and I get into the groove by reading what I had written the day before yeah Uh, and that and that gets me back in that world and now I am eager to keep going so that's that's my inspiration that gets me into it
0: yeah and I think I think that's a good a good way yes I like a bit of rain or or thunderstorms or something like that depends if there's other things happening in the house and I and I know I must get on and then and then I put headphones on bigger ones and these that like cancel out the noise. And I find that because if there's anything going on, I don't want to miss it. I want to go. Oh, what's the dog done? You know what they're doing. Are they making yeah. tea? You know, you know, are they eating the snacks out the cupboard? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I can't switch off from that. And, and but if I can't hear it, I can just get on. So, yeah, if the kids I'm, are home. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm going to try your thunderstorm idea. I like that.
0: Yeah yeah thunderstorm's good i i just pick something up off the internet anything you know just put in to the search engine
1: yeah yeah
0: rain sounds for writing or thunderstorms or something and and just mm. just rain pattering on roof or something like that i find it's like white noise and it just mm-hmm. is very pleasant and also i think if you listen to a similar sound when you're writing a specific um book or something it's almost like you're Brain goes, oh yes, we're doing this now, and it clicks back into yeah. it much more quickly. I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very, very anyway, cool. yeah. So try, try it. <laughs> well, I'll
1: let yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Try it. Yeah, because sometimes I think it is quite hard to um, to concentrate if if there's other distractions. What distractions do you have then?
1: Um. Not you don't,
0: you don't, do you? I'll come no. around your place. <laughs> How big is that desk? Can I sit the other? <laughs> I'll sit next to the skull, Here's, we'll be fine. There's, there's room. There's
1: room. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, no, my only distraction is uh my cat, the great and yeah. powerful Aussie, But he, yeah. he pretty much leaves me alone unless he's hungry.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's good. It's good to have some distractions, I think, to take us out of our, our mad world. Um <laughs> What would you say is the biggest problem that you face writing horror? What do you think? The, what's the problem that you have? What are the things that you face doing it?
1: Uh, well, well, unlike you, I do have children in some of my stories. Ah. And bad things do happen to them. Uh, they don't generally die, but bad things do happen to them. So it is, it is challenging to uh, to have bad things happen to children but bad things happen to children so
0: yeah yeah I think you're you right know?
1: yeah so, so it's it's you know it's, it's personally a little tough but I get through it
0: yeah yeah so you think that so yeah I think sometimes it's writing the stuff that you know the reader might have a problem with you know yeah you know, exactly yeah. right yeah, yeah. Like, like like you say like the you know hurting an animal or hurting a child or something like that can can be can be pro- problematic yeah, definitely. <laughs> ah. So nothing scares you. Mm-hmm. Not really. At, no, nothing scares you. Yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing scares you at all. Do you have um do you dream a lot? I, I have a lot of um I have a lot of dark dreams. Do you do you dream a lot? Do you wake up in the night?
1: Uh no, I I really no. don't. No. Uh and and when I wake up in the morning, I really don't remember much unless unless it is a specifically uh, bad nightmare. And yeah. really the only nightmare i I remember in the last few years was my zombies. <laughs> so I gave myself a nightmare. And that's probably the only reason I remembered it. And yeah. yes it was scary.
0: Yeah. Oh that's that's funny. Yeah I I wait I have a lot of strange dreams. I, I wake up a lot. You know, there's always something yeah. clicking away in my mind. I don't really remember it that much unless I would get up and I don't bother to get up and write it down. But while I'm lying there I'm I'm thinking about it, thinking, oh my God, that was very weird. But then <laughs> By the time I've gone to sleep and woken up again, I've forgotten whatever it was. But yeah, I I do think my imagination is obviously ticking away the whole time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I, I used to I used to make notes all the time, too. Like if I if I did, if I was going to bed and something occurred to me, I would write it down. But then I realized that if it's that good. To my waking brain then i will remember it the next day
0: yeah because isn't that what stephen king says he says that the notes the notebook is the g- good way to write down rubbish ideas because you, <laughs> you I, I think he, he worded it much more eloquently than i am a, a notebook a, the writer's notebook was the way to um write down rubbish ideas because the good ones you remember anyway you know so, yeah, so you I, could yeah I'd write them down them. throw them away apparently yeah. that's what he said write it all down then throw it away because that's the rubbish he said the the idea that just keeps on in your head is the one you've got to carry on
1: with exactly yeah. right it's the, it's the thought you can't purge the thought you can't just get rid yeah. of
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah uh do, do you think um you'll write other horror things apart from the you know cuz so obviously you're doing the zombies you're doing other horror things what other other things would you like to tackle in the future Within um, ooh, the whole world.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what other thing? What other horror things would you like to tackle in the future?
1: Oh, I have so many ideas. So
0: many ideas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, I probably won't get through them all. But really, my thing is taking regular, ordinary people and just giving them a, a, a situation, like just dropping them into the middle of chaos, and and let them try to figure out what's going on and how to get out. Uh, so th- they do tend to to be that. Um it can be monsters, it can be ghosts, it can be, you know, just really anything scary, animals, whatever. Um, but for me, I guess that's my fascination. Just like how how do how would people deal with this, this impossible thing that's happening to them? And I think that's where that's where the fun comes for me. Like, how do they make sense of it? How do they deal with it? Yeah, uh, does would,
0: it- would you would you say it's that it's your sort of survival instinct that these characters have? Is it? Would you say you were a survivor if it happened to you? Would you get through it?
1: Uh, well, who knows? But yeah, I think I think that's part of it because, uh, like, I'm one of those people that will actually listen to the flight attendant telling you where the where the doors are and how to get out if there's a if there's an accident. Um, And if I if I go to a hotel or a building I've never been in, I will note where the stairs are and where the fire exit is.
0: Yeah. Not
1: not make a big deal of it. But, you know, that that, those are things that could easily save your life if anything happens. And in this world, anything can happen. So, yeah, yeah, I think think that's it.
0: I think that's an interesting one, actually, because I'm I'm very funny about um, I don't like to. If I'm in a restaurant or a cafe or something, I don't like to sit in the middle. I like, I, do, I like don't like to have my back to the room. I mean, I really don't. I really have a thing about it. And I'll hmm. I'll have to move seats for something. Like, I like to see what's happening. I like to see what's hap- coming towards me. I don't hmm. like anything behind me. You know, even in my own house, I won't sit with my back to the door. I'll always sit where I can see what's going on.
1: You
0: know. oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. And I've, I've always been like it uh, to the point that if we go in somewhere and, uh, you know, and, and I can see, you know, if I go in with my husband and they're trying to sit us in the middle of the restaurant, mm. my husband will say, actually, would you mind if we just have the table on the end and he'll, <laughs> he'll move it round and then he'll sit so that he's got his back and I can see what's happening. I don't know what I think I'm going to do. You know, I'm I'm like five Ken I'm like five foot, I'm tiny. <laughs> I'm a tiny little tiny little English woman, but whatever's coming in, I'm gonna see it first.
1: Well, I'm just maybe, gonna run. <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're reincarnated uh, like an old West outlaw and you got shot in the back one day in a saloon.
0: Something. Yeah, <laughs> there's, the, yeah, there's something. like yeah. I really don't like it. When I was a teacher, I remember I, I took over a classroom and the lady had her desk, the teacher before me, she had her desk kind of by the door and, and you would have your back to the kids. I just couldn't.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, I had to move the whole room around in order to put my teacher's station so that if even if I was working, you mostly don't you know, sit there until the end of the day when the kids are gone, actually. But I can't sit with my back to the door. I've got to know who's coming up that corridor and be, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah I can see that.
0: Yeah, it's just and, very and,
1: and plus who wants to turn their back on 30 unruly brats.
0: Oh, never turn your back on. Them. They're like the <laughs> they're like the ocean. You never turn your back on. I taught little, very little ones. They were darlings, most of them, but but no, no, you need to keep an eye on them. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely um absolutely uh, sorry i've got something popped up though yes very very funny yes yeah, so, yeah well i think we've all got sort of various instincts and i think the thing about the horror or or you know like you say the zombie thing or anything where um life is completely um up against you you're going to find out exactly who you are much more than you know normal life will throw at you then then you find out who you are, you find out the calibre of who you are and you know, and whether you will survive, you know, what you'll do to do that. And I think I think that's the fascination with it. One of the fascinations with those kinds of books is when we read them, or in your case when you write them, you're asking yourself, you know, even subconsciously, what would I do? Would I be that nasty or would i carry on being nice and die or you know it's a bit that that kind of thing you know would you start eating your children
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that that really is um it it really allows me to explore the human condition right like what what would it take what would it what would it take for you to like uh leave the checkout line with your can of beans and just just run yeah what would it take after that for you to steal a can of beans from someone else yeah Uh, what what if uh they were they they had medicine for their kids but you needed that medicine for your kids what what would you do is it you know
0: where's the line because the lines get blurred the work the harder we live the harder life is the lines become blurred and i mean i've i've lived a very pleasant life you know i've never had to you know but but i feel there's something in me that would swap over to look after just my my little lot I don't think I'd see the big picture I'm definitely the um you know when the people go you know they need to see the greater good this is for the country or this is for the thing or this I I think no I'd be like no my husband my kids
1: yeah you know
0: and I I think I'd be very much looking after my own
1: I think most people would yeah I, I think most people would but but to what extent Right. And that's that's the that's the cool thing to explore. Yeah. Uh, You know, what what makes a good person bad? What makes a a person brave? Is the one who runs away the smart one? Is he the brave one? Uh, The one who stands and fights? Is he the idiot? You know, so it's 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 fun to have different characters react in different ways and and see what happens to them. Mm. see See how it affects them, see how it affects those around them.
0: Yeah, and do your characters surprise you with what happens to them? Some I have quite often think I know them, and then I go, "Oh my gosh, now they're doing this! Where did that come from?" It's very strange. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, I've, I've I've mentioned that a few times. That uh, the best the best part of a writer's day is when a character says, "No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not yeah. going to do," that. and they do their own thing or they say their own thing, and you're just taking it aback and okay, that's that's what we're doing. All right, we'll go there. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, and, and it does happen. I think it's almost like you're, because obviously this is still come from us. These characters are not real as much as they feel like that when they when you're getting there. But I think it's almost like your um, subconscious has decided something else. Your, it's like the, your normal part of your brain is like, okay, so I'm going to write this scene and they're going to do this and blah, 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 and I know where I'm going. And then as I write it, I think something else happens. And I think, I don't know where that came from, but obviously it's your subconscious just going, oh, this is a much more interesting
1: Yeah. 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 Listen. Listen to your inner voice. It's always right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I find. Do you find when you write? Sometimes I come in here. You're sat in my office now. Sometimes I come in here and I have nothing in my head, nothing at all. I know vaguely. You know, I look at my notes and I go past what I wrote yesterday, and I go in there and I put my hands on the keyboard, and by God, it's there. You know, and three hours later. I'm like, well, I don't know where that came from, but it was there. And, and if you'd said to me five minutes before, "What are you going to write today, DJ?" I would say, "I have no idea <laughs> at all." And yet, yeah. it's there, and it's odd, isn't it? It's a very, th- it's a very odd thing,
1: I think. Yeah, yeah. It it hasn't happened to me quite that many times, but yeah, it is. It is odd, and it is it is weird, and it is uh, really fulfilling. It's an awesome thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. I it's did. like it's like the story wants to be told, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And also, I think it's it's almost primordial, the storytelling thing. We we like stories, don't we? We never tire of them. You know, all the time you're reading the news, you're looking on social media oh, sure. and all these things for for another story. The whole time yeah. we want to be told stories. It's it's. Yeah. 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 Fascinating stuff.
1: Since we uh, since we first learned language, we were telling stories around the fire. Right. Yeah. So it's a very natural thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter whether they're true or not, you know, made up stuff, you know, or
1: yeah, stuff yeah. like
0: that. So did you come from a background of writing? Did you write before? Did you were you a journalist or something? Or uh
1: I've I've been writing since uh since as far back as I can remember, really. It's it's always what I wanted to be. Um I was never any really good. <laughs> I never really finished anything back then, but But yeah, I I wrote a complete book when I was 16 and I stupidly sent it or, you know, printed out copies and sent them around to the the big New York publishers. And of course, no one took it. And I was dejected. So from then on, I wrote only to my only for myself for a couple of decades. Uh, And then finally, I realized, okay, I'm getting older. It's time to put up or shut up. So I sat down and I wrote a book. It was a zombie book, but it was it was horrible, too. (laughs) <laughs> but at least now I could get rejected faster because there was email now. So I sent it around to a few publishers, and they all they all disregarded it. And it, that made me sit down and look at it anew. And it mm. was not good enough. And I I was thankful that it was rejected uh, because I got the opportunity then to start over. So I scrapped that, put it aside. I started a brand new book uh, with uh, with proper zombies. And sure enough, it, I sent it to the first, first publisher I sent it to picked it up. So within a week, it was, it was picked up and, uh, it's been great ever since.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. continues.
0: Yeah. The ride continues. Love where it continues. Ken, it's been lovely to talk to you. Where can people find you online?
1: Uh, my website is kenstark.ca because I'm in Canada and, uh, all my books are on there and, uh, and links and, uh, you know, personal information and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I've been on there and you can you can find the links in the show notes. I'll put it in there for you folks. Brilliant. Oh, okay. Well, Ken, yeah. it's been it's been great to talk to you. That was really nice <laughs> to see no, somebody good. behind behind the face. Yeah. Well it was okay. great being here. Thank you, DJ. Yeah. So lovely to talk to Ken. And um yeah, so if you've ever wondered what was going on in the minds of people that write the zombie apocalypse, well now you know. And lovely to talk to him because, you know, Ken and I, we've been tweeting back and forth to each other for you know hundreds of years it seems probably not hundreds but you know a fair while so it's very nice to sort of talk to the person behind the photograph and and find that they are in fact you know just a real writer just like yourself so happy days OK, well, next week is actually my 30th episode, which I feel is a bit of a bit of a milestone. Um, when I started podcasting, I learned a new word and the new word was fade, And apparently that's what happens to most podcasts. They get going, they do a few episodes and then they, well, they podfade, they fade away. So, well, we're not fading away anytime soon. I've got lots of new guests lined up and um, I'm looking forward to talking to them all and whoever else comes into my sphere. So, yeah so anyway so as I was saying next week my guest is for my 30th episode is Jody J Sperling. he's a returning guest and I've been on his podcast as well so we're becoming quite good friends now and Jody will be talking about his his new books which are just currently out he's got one book on marketing because you know his podcast is was the reluctant book marketer and um it's become sort of more of a thing about writers and you know it's kind of expanded its its view uh, but it's also still also about marketing so he's got a really good marketing book there about the marketing mindset and we'll be talking about that next week and he's also written a thriller um, which is going to be um, available from his website so if you look up Jodie J. Burling, I'll leave the links in the show notes here and uh, so if you want a thriller or a book on marketing from Jodie, then you can find them at, at his website because he's um very keen to um get you to buy direct from the author, which I think is you know another brilliant thing that a lot more of us are doing at the moment and uh, also something that we discuss next week. So I look forward to talking to you then. Don't forget that the Words and Pictures podcast comes out every Monday. I hope it'll continue to come out every Monday, well past the 30th episode. And uh, so, you know, tell your writer friends or your bookish friends and um, get them to have a listen if you can. So, um, I'm DJ Bowman Smith. You can find me at www.djbowmansmith.com if you want sort of all things writery and the full show notes with all the links in. If you want me as a children's author, then have a look for tigermolly.com. So, this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. Until next time,
1: bye-bye.